Three, two, one. Welcome to Long Run Radio. Let's run. Morning runners, how are you? Welcome to New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. I'm Coach Gordon. And I'm Coach Daphne. So if you guys haven't started your run, you can go ahead and start your watch right now. And we're going to be here for your next 60 minutes. You know, the coaches here at Long Run Radio are your TCS New York City Marathon Long Run Companion, and each week we're going to discuss topics specific to your long run. We will be company in your ears, providing training and motivation and uh, sharing some of our favorite TCS New York City Marathon moments as coaches, as athletes, and as huge fans of the historic race. Yeah, and then just remember every 15 minutes, we'll check in physically and mentally, and this will help keep you on track on your long run. Today, we're going to talk about uh, training plans and when it's okay to maybe uh, take a little left turn from uh, what's, what's on your training plan. Awesome. That sounds great. It's important to stay flexible, isn't it? Absolutely. Sometimes you have to stay flexible and sometimes you want to stay flexible and we'll, we'll explore all the reasons for, for both of those things. Yeah. But in the meantime, it is just about time for our first check-in. And we are off and running. We are so glad uh, to be along for the ride with you this week on your long run. Um, as you're settling into your pace, keep in mind uh, that these early miles may be a little slower, and that's totally fine. Your body um, needs some time to warm up. I, in fact, even um, if I'm running a marathon, which as we all know is a lot, a lot of miles, I will run a very, very slow, easy mile to warm up before I start the race. Because my, I know that my first mile straight out of the door is usually kind of slow, and I don't want that one on the clock, but it still counts. So, good luck today on your long run. Let's uh, keep moving forward, and uh, we're excited to be along. All right. We are yeah. so excited to be along with you. So, on this topic of deviating, taking a left turn, realizing that your training plan is a living document gosh, I am living this right now, Coach Daphne. Let me tell uh, you about it. are you? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, and, and it's it's all good. I've been managing a couple of niggles. I'll even call them injuries. Uh, we're coming um, to, mm, It's wow, a big shift from niggle to injury. Me? It's a shift from niggle to shift. injury. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming to, what, like the middle of August right now? And, mm-hmm. yep. you know, a few weeks of training behind us and... For me, it's been it's been up and down this summer so far. Uh, earlier in the summer, I had a little something with my right heel. Had to take a few days off. Had to uh, fortunately, it, it coincided with uh, some time at the shore, so I was able to swim, which just was a wonderful thing. And then that that healed up. My heel healed. Ha ha ha. And then more recently, uh, toward the end of July, I was dealing with a little bit of pain in the back of my left knee. And that seems to have cleared up. But same thing, I had to jiggle my schedule a little bit. 
So that just immediately comes to mind as, as a reason. And I know many runners uh, can relate to this. I can relate as a coach. I could tell you many, many stories of working with runners and just having to, to manage those little things that come up. Um, sometimes I like to say as a runner, that it's not if you're going to get injured, it's when you're going to get injured. And these, these things happen. It doesn't always mean that you've made a mistake or that you're overtraining, just niggles come up. So you have to manage them. Um, you have to, you know, be able to make decisions about, all right, do I need to take some time off? Do I need to adjust my training? Do I need to maybe just not do speed work for a week, two weeks, um, and, and keep your eye on the prize, as they say, um, you know, what, what are you aiming for? Are you aiming to have a perfect training log that, that absolutely follows what's, what your coaches have prescribed to you to the letter? Or are you aiming to get to the starting line of your goal race, healthy and ready to go? If a little bit undertrained, that's okay. So that's what I've been reminding myself that's um, a great reminder. Coach Gordon, I, have you ever won a prize for having a perfect training line? Is there, is there a, a prize gold for that? star, right? There is not a prize no, for that. I never have. And I don't know if there is such a prize, Coach Daphne. If, if, if there is, I, I wouldn't want to give it out because I find if I follow my training log exactly to the letter, I end up a little bit overtrained, bizarrely enough. So I, I kind of like to have that built in, uh, um, you know, flexibility and ability to to pivot, to deviate, to, you know, just kind of roll with the punches. How about you? Have you ever had a perfect training log? I um, I really don't think I have. Even training cycles that have gone really well in terms of building my fitness, you know, I'm, I'm a human being and I have a job and, um, life happens. And, you know, sometimes you get called into an early meeting and that means that you have to cut your run short that morning and it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be totally fine. Our jobs are important, right? (laughs) They are. They are. They, uh, they buy the sneakers. They buy the sneakers. Exactly. They, they sometimes drive us a little crazy, but yeah, you know, we, we, we like being employed. We like having other things going on in our life. And yeah, absolutely. That's, that's another reason for sometimes having to pivot, having to deviate. And like I said, you know, just keep your eye on that North star, that, that goal, that overarching goal that's so important, more important than any other goal you might have, certainly more important than finishing each week with an absolutely pristine and perfect training log, that goal being to get to the starting line healthy. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, in terms of managing what I'm doing this summer, I would, I would, I just do remind myself because I know it's true from all the runners I've coached over the years, all the runners I've known and talked to and my own experience is that no one, no one sticks to their original training plan 100%. Um, And dare I say, nor should they. Um, I just try to remind myself, too, that training is organic, just as running is. It it happens from day to day. It's not just set and, um, you know, immovable. Um, And then I also remind myself that my health, my overall health is, is super, super important. You know, when I say get to the starting line healthy, I don't just mean, although this is super important, uh, get to the starting line without getting injured, um, get to the starting line without feeling like unduly stressed out by what you've been through over the past 12, 16, 20 weeks. 
um, you know, get to the starting line well slept, get to the starting line, uh, you know, well nourished. So, you know, those, those things are really what guide me in making those decisions about whether to deviate from exactly what's in my training log. I think that's an excellent point. And um, it speaks to uh, one of the things, one of the points we've made uh, earlier in this podcast series, which is, um, you know, control what you can control. And um, you have some control over your training plan. Yes, you do. Absolutely. You're the one getting up and making the decisions. You know what really motivated me? Um, you know, we just wrapped up with the Olympics a week or so ago, and those athletes—they're the best in the world. You know, I'm talking about mm-hmm. the runners, but not not just the runners. Um, so many different sports. You know, they dedicate their lives to this, and so many stories came up of um, you know challenges that they'd had to, had to overcome in their training. Um, you know, un, uh, difficult hands that life had dealt them, you know, because yes, they're professional athletes for the most part, uh, the best in the world, but they have lives too. And, you know, that, that was just further sort of proof or evidence, if you will, um, of what we're talking about, Coach Daphne, that, you know, even the best athletes in the world, we're, we're people, they're people rather. Um, They are not, you know, machines that just go out and, and, you know, do these amazing things. They do amazing things. Uh, but they do it in the context of of an overall life that includes, you know, I mean, they get flat tires, they get, uh, you know, they have difficult uh, work weeks, they, you know, have to contend with the weather. And, um, you know, I think of the athletes earlier in the year, who had to deal with uh, the effects of of climate change, you know, whether it was soaring temperatures or wild um, smoke from wildfires even here in new york city back in july we had uh you know we had some days where it was difficult to run outdoors and actually not recommended to exercise outdoors because of the The uh, tokyo triathletes had to deal with a typhoon right right yeah so things are going to happen um injuries and and other things it's it's almost not a question of if but but when um, and how how you respond and uh, I think it's important to bear in mind, getting back to your point about um, getting to the starting line healthy, um, even if you feel, um, I mean, I, I think it's normal and natural and human to stand on the starting line and think, oh, there's uh, there was more I could have done there. But uh, if you get to the starting line and uh, you're healthy and, uh, you know, you've done your long runs the rest is going to take care of itself. Like once you cross the starting line, pin on a number, I, I promise you it's, uh, it's going to work out. Doesn't it usually coach Gordon? Yeah, pretty much always. That's, that's really, really true. And, you know, certainly later as we get closer to race day, we'll talk about, um, you know, the, what happens in the last couple of weeks of your training as you're, as you're tapering down. Um, I have never, you know, once the, the, horn goes off once the starting um, cannon fires, you know, whatever is starting your race, had any thoughts about, oh, you know, why did I cut that long run off at, at 17 miles instead of 18 miles? You know, if only I had done this, if only I had gotten this workout in. It's really all just about uh, how you how you feel on the day. And, and yes, your overall training uh, factors into that for sure. But, you know, hitting every last workout and every last long run and every last uh, weekly mileage goal is not, it's 
not what you're what you're aiming for and not what you're really going to be thinking about um, as you line up when the when the horn goes off and certainly not in the final two to three miles. I just can't recall ever being at mile 24 and saying, oh, you know, that workout back on uh, August 4th, you know, why, why didn't I nail that one? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, well, uh, you know, it looks like we are ready for a next uh, check-in. So, Oh, is it that special time already? I already. <laughs> can't believe it. I could talk about this all day, but let's, uh, and we'll get back to it very shortly. Just wanted to uh, offer some words of motivation because you guys are so strong. And I know we say this every week, but it is so true. And the, the, um, the strength and the, hmm? It gets more true, right? If it, it, it can't possibly, it feels like it can't possibly get more true, but it does. Uh, fitness just keeps building from week to week to week. So I, you know, I'm in awe. I really, uh, I really am just so impressed. And I would just urge you at this point in your run, just keep that stride smooth, smooth, smooth. I love that word smooth. So I just really uh, encourage you to, you know, just run as, as smooth and relaxed as you can at this point. And I just can't believe that you guys are like eight weeks into your training already. It's like holy mackerel. So just keep keep moving it along. Keep moving it along. You guys are doing awesome. All right. So what you got, Daphne? What do you have so, in terms of like, you know, having to recalibrate, having to pivot, having to deviate, whatever, whatever we want to call it. You mentioned make a left turn. So I want to hear your perspective here. Yeah. So I, uh, like you, I have coached many, many hundreds of athletes over the years. And, um, I have, uh, I have a, I like to think I have a pretty deep bag of motivational tricks. Um, but, uh, this, this is a story. This is, this is some, pretty deep inspiration here. Um, I coached a woman in uh, 2018 and 2019 who was, uh, her goal was to finish all six world marathon majors races. Oh, wow. Which are, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal, right? And what are those six again? Yeah. So uh, everyone running the TCS New York City Marathon, you get one star right there. It's the races are New York, Chicago, Boston, London, Tokyo and Berlin. So there's uh, three in the spring, three in the fall. And uh, or at least uh, that's that's the way it worked in the before times. This fall, they're all going to happen in five weeks, which is going to be super exciting for the running nerds in the room. I'm raising my hand. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's a big deal to pull them off. And, you know, a lot of people, I myself um, have this as like a lifetime bucket list goal. Um, I have run all of them, but Tokyo. And uh, so this athlete was uh, she had run uh, New York, Chicago, Boston and Berlin and in the wow, spring. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Like, that is so cool. So she just had uh, Tokyo? Yes. Yeah, so London. her goal in the spring of 2019 was Tokyo and London. 
Okay. The double. So two in one season, that's a pretty huge challenge right there, right? Like, have you ever run two marathons in one season, Coach Gordon? I have long, long time ago. I think my my aging uh, body would not respond well to that right now. But yeah, people do it. And as you mentioned earlier, Coach Daphne, the, all six of them are taking place in the fall this year, 2021. Um, and mm-hmm. I know many people who are who are planning to do to do a, at least a double, if not a triple. So we'll see how that awesome. goes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, this fall, in fact, Chicago lands the day before Boston. And there are, I know, several kooks who are going to do the back to back thing. Right. And, uh, right. And like, hope your flights aren't delayed. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. It's a um, logistical anyway. challenge as much as anything else. So anyway, this yeah. woman was planning to do Tokyo and London in the spring of 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're six weeks apart and um, anyone um, attempting um, more than one marathon in a season, um, I always advise like that's the feat in itself, right? Like you're not going to, I mean, I don't know, maybe some extreme outlier is going to qualify for the Olympic trials in one of them, but it seems unlikely. And that's, Probably so was she trying to qualify for the Olympic trials too? No, no she no, sounds no, like no. Superwoman. Um, well, she was Superwoman because um, the uh, the super impressive, super extra impressive part of all of this was she was doing it all while being treated for breast cancer. Oh wow! Yeah, and so two marathons six weeks apart is an enormous challenge for anybody. Um, The Tokyo Marathon was first on the calendar. Yeah, that's um, usually in March, right, in mm -hmm. in normal times? Yes, usually in March. Uh, London is in April. And um, the the tricky part about Tokyo is they are – pretty strict about how long the course can stay open. So there are strict time cutoffs. Like if you don't get to 10 K by this time and halfway by this time, they're going to pull you off. Yeah. So they can reopen the streets, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, So those, that was a big consideration. Yeah, for sure. And then on top of that, Um, we had to factor in that she was going up to um, the uh, Cornell Hospital uptown um, for treatments once a week. Yeah, yeah. And the treatments just, like, knocked her out. Yeah. So would she try to do her long runs, like, right before treatments, you know, mm -hmm. when she was kind of feeling her her best? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So go get the chemo and then be really knocked out. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, take that as a day off your legs. So that was, uh, that was one point where we had to pivot like, okay, you're, you're just going to have to do your long run on a Wednesday because this happens on a Thursday. Um, and then, uh, also in the course of, uh, various cancer treatments she had had, um, some of the drugs had done damage to her heart, which is a really pretty important part of you if you're a distance runner. Yeah, yeah. And um, so she yeah, had a She sounds like an amazing person, amazing athlete, and uh, an amazing, uh, just real determination and uh, willingness to 
the most to change things up person. when she had to. Yeah, and and you, you know, as a there, coach as well, working. I it was. It was an exercise in, uh, in, you know, being in the moment and meeting someone where they are. And she did absolutely incredible things. Like there would be days when um, it was snowing sideways and our group training workout was called off and she would send me a picture like, you know, snowflakes caking her eyelashes like I did yeah. it. I got my 14 miles in. She, she just did it because she she had to do it. Mm-hmm. You didn't have that mm-hmm. flexibility to do it. At, you know, she, at, like the chemo was set. That was going to happen when it was going to happen. And she just mm-hmm. had to, to uh, deviate and, and work around that. And, you know, we had to work around other things, like because she had a pacemaker. We couldn't really do interval training because a pacemaker really does not like it when you make big spikes with your heart rate, right? Mm-hmm. It's there to counteract that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. It, uh, speed work is important, but, um, if your goal is to finish two marathons in six weeks, let's, let's just focus on the long, easy miles. Those are, those are going to serve you better anyway than a whole lot of 800s, right? Yeah. And she saw the wisdom in that and just staying focused on, on what, what she could do, what she could control and what was going to, you know, like we keep saying her North star, her goal, her ultimate, um, you know, thing that she wanted to achieve was to get to the starting line healthy um, and feel like she could she could put down the miles, the 26.2 miles, six weeks apart, two times. Twice on two yeah. different, on opposite sides on of the globe. Opposite sides of the world. Yeah. Two different continents. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she pulled it off. Wow. What and a story, Coach Daphne. That's amazing. Yeah. It, uh, it's Definitely my, my proudest moment as a coach. Right, right. She pulled it off. I mean, all all power to her, all kudos and, and props to her. But, you know, as a coach, you, you pulled it off as well. Um, were you guys checking in like every day about how, mm-hmm. how things were going and changes she might have to make, that sort of thing? We checked in every day. Yeah. Um, and I ran with her once a week. Um, and then hilariously, when she went off to Tokyo, um, the Tokyo Marathon does have a tracking app, except mm-hmm. when you download it and you launch it, it is 100% in Japanese. And if you, like me, do not read Japanese, like it's impossible to figure out where you even enter somebody's bib number. Right. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that's thing. tricky. So... So different language, uh, probably was all done in kilometers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So were you able mm-hmm. to track her? So here is an example of uh, social media working for good. I posted a message. <laughs> Yay. On, <laughs> we need a few of those examples. Right? Sometimes Facebook comes through. I posted on Facebook because, um, you know, Tokyo, as we have all seen watching the Olympics, Tokyo is 13 hours ahead of us here in New York. And so the race was Saturday morning, Tokyo time. And so late Friday afternoon in New York, I posted on Facebook, help, does anyone read Japanese? Tell me how to make this app work. And within minutes, people came to your rescue. Yeah. Someone I went to college with who had studied abroad in Japan was like, okay, I downloaded it. Here's what you do. 
And then I got alerts. And uh, once she made it to halfway, like she had made the time cut off at 10K and the time cut off, cut off at halfway, I was like, oh, man. She's got this in the bag. I'm so That's relieved. Awesome. And, oh, that must yeah. have been so exciting for you as her coach. It was. It was. And, you know, for the record, just because, um, you know, this this is truly a grit, determined, determination, perseverance marathon story. It was awful in Tokyo that day. <laughs> it was like oh, 40 the degrees I do and remember. raining it was, sideways. It was rainy, right? Like yeah. Cold, rainy, windy. Cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I do remember that. In fact, the guy, uh, you guys pulled it off. Wow. She pulled it off. It was so rainy that the guy who broke the tape ran through the tape and immediately slipped and fell. Oof. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, that's that's scary. I've heard of that happening before. But yeah, not not what you want to have happen to you, (laughs) especially when you're breaking the tape. (laughs) Right. And uh, and not in New York on Sunday, November 7th. Definitely not going to happen. No, 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 no. Wow. What a story, Coach Daphne. Yeah, she's right. uh, she's a tough one. So we're up to another motivational uh, check-in. What you got? All right. Look at you. Halfway through. Half an hour deep. Um, I hope that you are remembering all of the little tips and tricks that uh, that your coaches have been sharing um, Coach Gordon, I thought of you on my long run last week when you talked about running tall. Um, I, I, I really tried to do that, and I, I felt my abs the next day, so I think I did. Uh, <laughs> I hope you remember, run tall. It's, uh, it's important. And um, get some water. Pay attention to, um, do, you love, uh, do you love this particular flavor of gel or chew? Is it treating you well? All of these things are, uh, are part of your dress rehearsal for the big day. So uh, keep those in mind as you continue running tall and strong and looking ahead to the miles in front of you. You got this. Oh my gosh, you guys are just rocking this out. So I have another story, Coach Daphne. Yeah, tell me. This one goes way, way back into the archives, um, but it's just another example of what we've been talking about. Have as um, a training your training plan. It's really just a roadmap, and Mm -hmm. as you follow that roadmap, you need to make smart decisions on when to stick to it and when to deviate. Mm -hmm. So here's an example that that maybe some uh, women in particular can can relate to. in 1999, I had a baby. I had my second child in the fall, in September, um, and I was preparing to go to the uh, U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials, which were going to be in February of 2000. So, I speaking of superwoman, <laughs> I had known the date of the uh, Olympic Trials before I got pregnant, and you know knew that. Um, I, I never lost sight of the goal of, of wanting to go, but I also knew that I was going to have to be really, really flexible and, and um, you know, open to all kinds of possibilities in my training. I did not set a ambitious um, performance goal. I really wanted to finish. Um, so I knew all those things, but I was kind of unprepared for just how much having two children because I had a, a two-year-old at, at the time, um, and then this infant, 
um, was how, how that was going to impact my training. I sort of was like, oh, I'll just have this baby to take care of. And it's like, oh, yeah. And I also have a two-year-old. Um, and, oh, your favorite and, um, word, you know, my just. Husband was a, <laughs> my husband was a very um, equal partner in, in child care. We've always, we've always shared that um, together. And, uh, but you know, it's two is two is, uh, twice as many as one. So it was, it was tricky. The scheduling part was really tricky. Um, my body did bounce back pretty, pretty quickly. So I was able to, from childbirth, um, from the pregnancy and childbirth. So I was able to, you know, listening really closely to my body, I was able to resume running, um, within like three to four weeks after, after giving birth and then to, you know, get it to a point where I could call it training within about eight weeks total. So by the end of, or rather the middle of November, I was, I was training. I wasn't yet doing long runs. Um, but I was, I was, you know, building that base as they say. So, um, but the challenge just was, you know, fitting, fitting it in and, um, you know, like I would, I would map out a training cycle or rather a training um, plan for the week. And then it would just get blasted to smithereens, you know, by, um, you know, the baby's schedule changing, the baby's, um, you know, when he was, when he was nursing, when he was sleeping, when he was this, when he was that. And um, at some point, I guess it was about mid-December, I went back to work. I'd been on maternity leave. So then that got thrown into the mix and then it was winter, you know, so it was dark and cold and snowy and this, that, and the other thing. Um, and the trials were going to be on the the 26th of February. That's sort of like etched into my brain. So I was like, okay, well that's the date. It's not going to move. Um, you know, what, what do I really want to accomplish? And so I just, you know, again, set the goal of being healthy, being strong and finishing a marathon. Um, on the 26th of February, which was like five and a half months after I'd, I'd given birth. And I would say, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but my my strongest ally in all of this, besides my husband, who was like completely supportive of the whole thing, and I couldn't have done it without him, really. Um, my, my biggest ally was just having a sense of humor. And I would recommend that to anyone, you know, things are going to go wrong when you have two kids, a job, you know, a husband who also runs, um, weather, you know, this, that, and the other thing, it's not going to go perfectly. And you know that, um, but you just have to be able to kind of laugh about it when it just becomes impossible to achieve what you had, had hoped to achieve. So I really recommend that to anyone, you know, whether you're working with a coach or training on your own or, um, you know, what sort of level you're at, just having a sense of humor about the whole thing can, can really help um, just kind of keep it, keep it down to earth. Um, also, as I mentioned before, and you talked about this as well, Daphne, with your example. You know, in real life, outside of running first. as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put your health first. And that, that story you told of the, the woman who, who trained through the chemo and um, with a pacemaker and heart issues, you know, she has health concerns that I can only imagine, um, you know, having to, uh, having to contend mm-hmm. with. And if she doesn't put those things first, it could quite literally be life-threatening. So I can't even um, begin to talk about that sort of thing. But for me, it was, you know, I have to be there for this 
for this baby. You know, I have to stay healthy for, for him and, and for my other child as well. So when I say put your health first, it doesn't just mean don't get injured. All of that's super, super important. That's a really important component of, of staying healthy as a runner is not, not getting injured or minimizing injuries, managing injuries. Um, it's also just focusing on, on your overall health. Um, and realize that you, you always have the ability to choose. Um, sometimes it feels like, you know, we're just sort of being buffeted around when we're, we're training because, you know, so many things like seem to dictate our choices, but we do have the choice to be doing this overall, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, it sounds like the woman that you worked with, Daphne, and, you know, I know from talking to you and, and hearing your stories over time is, uh, is that you have a really good sense of that. You know, we get to choose to do this overall. And, you know, every day we get to wake up and say, you know, it's what's what am I going to do today um, or what am I going to do this week? And that's that's an incredible blessing and incredible um, privilege to be able to do that. So I, I just try to remind myself it is, when it feels like so oh, true. I have to do this. I have to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And um, and I would tack on to that and say that. Um, I, uh, over, over all these years and miles that I have run, I, uh, I have really come to appreciate the crappy runs. Um, they, uh, they can't all be great. If they were all great, we wouldn't appreciate the truly great ones. And, uh, it is sometimes the ones that, uh, that you really have to gut it out or, you know, when it's a million degrees out and you don't want to go at all. Um, those are, those are the ones that, uh, that teach you the most. And, uh, I, I often tell people that I'm coaching, those are the ones that you remember when you're standing on the starting line. Wow. That is so true. Yeah. That just gave me chills when you said that it's, it's really true. The ones that, uh, that don't go perfectly, the ones that are just, you know, feel like a struggle. Um, sometimes it's the ones that, um, you know, don't end up being as long or as fast or as, you know, sort of ideal, as you would say, those are the ones that you remember. And those are the ones that you think about on race day. Mm-hmm. So true. Absolutely. And yeah. um, fast forward, um, now, now that baby is Joe College, isn't he? <sighs> that baby graduated from college just uh, oh. a couple of months ago, back in back in May, end of May. So yeah, he's less than less than three months out of college and uh, he's, finding he's a finding fully his fledged grown up. Yeah, and he even runs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he's, he's more of a gym rat, but he he does run. And yes, he uh, yeah we have we have some really great pictures of of him and his older brother at the at the trials because you know the story had a happy ending. I went to the trials in. Uh, 2000. This was February of 2000, and uh, came in like 45th overall. You know, and that was that was okay. What? Um, yeah, yeah. That's, no, it was it was great. In fact, it was it was more than okay. And uh, yeah, yeah. It was um, you know, and and I'll never forget that because it was something that I that I shared with my family, and uh, you know, there were. The Olympic trials is great. I mean, any any marathon that you start and finish is amazing. But um, just the the stories there of of people who you know, like we've been talking about, have overcome so much just to be there. And um, 
for me always, there was, there was one year where I felt like I had a realistic chance to, you know, as a very sort of dark horse, make the team. Um, and I ended up finishing eighth. So got in the top 10, which is something I'm, I'm really proud of, but you should um, be. For me and most of the women there, you know, for the trials, and, and I'm sure this is true on the men's side as well, being at the trials is like being at the Olympics, you know, because you, you, you don't have, you know, anyone has a chance. That's the beauty of the system is that everyone mm-hmm. lines up and whoever first, second, and third across the, the finish line is, is the team. So anyone, in theory, has a chance. I mean, um, we you know saw that uh, accomplished, in, and uh, you know who's mm-hmm. if if unless they just you know completely don't bring their A game for whatever reason, um, there's certain people who you know just will, will more more or less um, have a lock on things. But um, yeah, so you know, just to be there was really 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 special. And, uh, I'll never forget it. Yeah, and uh, I I hope I like to imagine that uh, that. Someone says, you know, my, my earliest memory is being in a stroller and watching my mom run the Olympic trials marathon. I ask them sometimes, do you remember this? And then like, mm, no, not really. Even, <laughs> even a two-year-old. Yeah. So, but yeah, they, we, we have evidence that, that they were there. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, that, that pivoting, that deviating, that just knowing that it wasn't, it wasn't going to be perfect. And um, the interesting thing was, I did want to mention this, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well as both a coach and, a, and an athlete. Um, when you have to deviate, sometimes there's a temptation to just not have a plan at all, you know, to just kind of get frustrated or fed up and just say, oh, you know, this is just going to go out the window anyway. Why do I even have to have a plan? Um, and I would just encourage people, um, I'm curious to know what you think, Coach Daphne, to, to continue to have a plan, um, to continue to have that, that roadmap. Um, and I think the roadmap is a good metaphor. You know, even, even when you're lost, you kind of, it kind of is comforting and helpful and potentially will keep you on track to, to have a map, you know, to know, because the, the map sort of lets you see where you're going. So I would, you know, if people are struggling and feeling like they're having to deviate so much that they just want to kind of throw the concept of having a map and having a program, throw that out the window, I would encourage them not to do that. I'd encourage them to, uh, and I know all of you guys are doing this with, uh, with, uh, with Run Coach, you know, to just keep having that plan um, because it's, it's showing you where you're going. Um, maybe mm-hmm. in any particular moment, you're not quite on it. Um, you're working with your coach, you're working with, you know, everything else going on in your life to kind of adjust it. But to have it, I think is still um, super, super valuable. I'm curious to know what your perspective is on that coach, Dad. I could not agree more. Um, and I would say from, uh, from my own running life that uh, one of the things that I most, most like about training for a marathon is um, that, well, you, number one, you get out what you put in, right? Yeah. And, um, so when you're standing on the starting line and you have done, you have gutted out the hot, humid, crappy runs and, uh, and you know you've done all that, um, that's a pretty great feeling. But also um, there have been moments in my life where I feel where I have felt as though there were just a lot of things happening to me that were beyond my control. And um, something I can have some control over is 
I'm going to get up and I'm going to go run six miles this morning. And that's, that's mine. And I own that. And, uh, that's, that's a powerful thing. Yeah, it is. It is. And, um, I would say also, I would encourage runners, you know, even when things aren't going well, um, you know, meaning that, you know, you're having to deviate and juggle and pivot and make left turns. Um, that's, that's the time you want to really be in touch with your coach. Um, some Mm -hmm. people, and I've had this experience myself when, when I, uh, was was coached really closely one on one back in the day. Um, you know, when you when you deviate and pivot, you you kind of are embarrassed for whatever reason. It doesn't make sense even you know to articulate that. But you're like, well, I don't want to tell my coach that I did this or didn't do this or missed this or had to change that. You know, so I just kind of won't say anything and maybe it'll go away or you know it's whatever. That's the time you do want to be in touch with your coach um, mm-hmm. and. You know, um, uh, coaching lab by run coach, um, you know, allows, allows us all such great access to our coaches. So really in yeah. those times when you're, when you're making those changes, even if you don't have a, you know, well-articulated question, just maintaining that contact, I think is, mm-hmm. is super, super important. Um, Your coach has a deep bag you, of tricks. You were in such close contact with, with the runner you were talking about earlier. Um, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I assume that was even when there wasn't like a specific question to discuss when you were just kind of like change, uh, exchanging information. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's important to do. And uh, and uh, your coach, your coach wants to jump in and help um, just just like uh, we do right here at the 45 minute mark. Holy smokes. I know. I know. I can't believe it. We're, we're at the 45 minute mark already. It's time for another motivational check-in. All right, here we go. Uh, like I said earlier, strong, steady. You guys are so strong and so steady at this point. You're 45 minutes in. You should be really um, you know, feeling the rhythm, feeling the the uh, energy, feeling the consistency of this run, um, and just a reminder, you know, it's still summer. Fall is around the corner. Fall will be here, but uh, you want to, at, at any time, but especially on these warm August days, remember to hydrate and to fuel during these, these warm summer runs. So if you haven't been hydrating, now's the time. Hopefully you've been taking in, in water, you know, every 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes um, and take a little bit of fuel. Um, sometimes toward the end of the run, I'll feel like, oh, you know, I'm so close to the end. I don't need to fuel. You actually do. It really helps with your recovery um, and it helps you run a strong final couple of miles. So just make sure you're taking in that hydration, uh, that fluid uh, fuel as well as the hydration. And as far as being strong, as soon as the temperatures start to moderate, you'll feel even stronger uh, at this point in the run. So as strong as you feel now, you'll feel even stronger when uh, temperatures come down in another month or so. So true. And that is uh, that is such a great reason to keep going. That, uh, that first crisp fall day after right? all this summer humidity when you're like, oh, I'm that First day when you need a sweater. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yeah, All right. Yeah. What do you have, Daphne? So um, something that, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, when when it's okay to um, deviate from your training plan and how sometimes life can get in the way. 
Um, the one and only time that I ran the New York City Marathon was way back in 2008. It was my mm. second marathon, and um, I really had no idea what I was doing. Let's let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> that I find um, hard to believe, but yes. All right, I'll go I, along with this. <laughs> I had run one marathon um, with a charity seven years previously, and I think that I still had like the yellow pieces of paper that said like Monday, four miles, Wednesday, eight miles or whatever the training plan was. And I was kind of vaguely attempting to stick to that, but doing it on my own, no coach, no real serious plan. Um. And I also had an incredibly demanding job. And mm-hmm. as the summer wore on, it became increasingly clear, like I, I just hadn't done enough running. I hadn't done enough uh, of, you know, ordinary weekly mileage. And I definitely had not done the super important weekend long runs like you're doing right now. And um, like a lot of beginning marathoners, I thought, oh, well, you know, first Sunday in November, it's coming up. I I better get on this starting in like September. (laughs) Does this sound familiar to you, Coach Gordon? Uh, It does. Yeah. No, I think we've all been there. And um, I learned um, in pretty short order that a marathon is not an exam that you can cram for. So I went from having done a long run of about eight miles and uh, late September, I was like, oh, crap, I got to get on this. Mm -hmm. And I went out and ran something absurdly ambitious. Like I think I ran 18 miles and spoiler alert, I got injured. Yeah. So you tried to make that big jump from eight Mm -hmm. to whatever, 18 (laughs) And, you know, it was late in the game, like the the race was coming up and the injury was, um, I hope this never happens to any of you. I got a bursitis on my hip and it was incredibly painful. Like it hurt to walk. It hurt to sit in a chair. And so I finally knuckled under and went to see a doctor and a physical therapist. Um, I... Uh, uh, that would be tip number two. Tip number one, don't cram for the exam. Tip number two, make friends with your doctor and your PT person early on. Um, a PT person is such an amazing resource, isn't it, Coach Gordon? Like, even if there's yeah. nothing the matter with you, just go in for a regular tune-up, like you change the oil in your car. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking of the car analogy. Yeah, it's just like a tune-up. It's, uh, it's so important. Um, don't wait until you have a terribly painful bursitis on your hip. Yeah. yeah. And so, so they that got the first me... time you had, had had PT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, that was, uh, when I was introduced to my, my close personal friend, the foam roller. Mm-hmm. And uh, where would we uh, be without foam rolling? Where would we be? And uh, it was it was a lot of rolling back and forth across the sore spot on my hip. It really, really hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't recommend it. Um, but they got me patched up. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, well, they do. They, they're used to performing miracles. They are. And they're also used to stubborn runners who... Exactly. Like, I'm sure that they were thinking, like, what is she doing? What is right. this moron up to? But they were like, no, nah, you, you know, You'll you, be you okay. can probably do it. Cut it out. And, Don't um, worry. Sure enough, I did wind up really badly having it to having to gut it out. Um, the yeah, injury. So you did, did the heal. race. I did the race. Um, I made it was not the uh, race of your dreams. Not the race of my dreams. I made uh, yet another classic um, rookie marathoner mistake. I went out stupidly fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. Was um, this New York? It was New York, oh, and um, you don't want to go out too fast in New York. You really don't want to. And I I remember being on the Verrazano and thinking, this is the coolest thing because it is the coolest thing, isn't it, Coach Gordon? It, oh, the start of the marathon going over yeah. that bridge? It's yeah, yeah. It gives me gives me goosebumps just thinking about me it. Me too. The the helicopters overhead, the fireboats in the harbor, the yeah. view of Lady Liberty. And just all amazing. those people all those people. And then you come off the bridge and you get into Brooklyn and fourth Avenue in Brooklyn is a flat straight line for several miles. And it's early in the race and I felt fantastic. And I dimly remember looking at my watch and thinking like, Hey, this is going pretty well here. Uh Oh, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Caught up with you. Not even to 10 K yet. Um, and I did finish the race, and um, it was of my then two marathons. It was a PR, but mm-hmm. um, like almost immediately, as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, "Well, if I do this again, I'm taking it seriously." Yeah, yeah, that's such a good story, Coach Daphne. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sorry you were in pain and and uh, that you got injured and all those things, but there's there's so much to learn from that. Um, you know, when you deviate, you, you can't, you can't make up for it in, in the way that you would, you know, that I love that analogy with like cramming for the final, you know, you can get away with cramming for the final, staying up all night the night before and, you know, making, you know, doing all the assignments that you, sh- and the reading and the whatever that you, you know, absorbing the material that you should have absorbed all through the semester in, you know, the, in the 48 hours before the, the final exam. Um, it's not ideal, but you can do it. People can do it and get away with it with running. Not so much, um, because there's that, that risk of injury that, uh, that pops up. So, um, that's a real word to the wise when you do deviate, you know, if you do have to miss a lot of workouts, you know, reduce your mileage, skip long runs, shorten long runs, all of that. Don't just immediately ramp back up to where you should be, where you're supposed to be. Um, and this is, again, where having a coach is so, so, so valuable. Um, mm-hmm. Helping you make decisions and kind of holding your hand through those moments of like, oh, but I only did one 18-miler and I should have done, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so much more important to get to the starting line, even if you're a little undertrained, um, healthy yeah. and not not banged up from, you know, like trying to cram for the final, as you said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I often tell people the story um, of Dina Castor, mm-hmm. American record holder in the marathon, who um, in uh, her book, Let Your Mind Run, which we have uh, mentioned several times in this podcast series, it's such a good book. It's um, amazing. 
It is um, equal parts ripping yarns about exciting races and kind of self-help for athletes. Right. And yeah, in the best sense of the words, self-help. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah really totally. Like great stuff to learn from there. Like very relatable, not preachy, but she talks about um, training for the Chicago Marathon one year and she had been injured and she did like 80% of her mileage in the pool. And um, I would not recommend that. I personally would lose my mind of boredom in yeah, the pool for yeah, that long. No, I remember this story. Um, but it, it paid off. She, uh, spoiler alert, she won Chicago that year. And yeah. um, she says the moral of the story is no two training cycles are alike. And it is such a valuable lesson. Yeah. Yeah, you can learn from previous training cycles, but but do recognize that that everyone in every cycle is unique, every cycle is different. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Sometimes there is a global pandemic, and there's not going to be a race for a year say, and a half. Exactly. You're going to have to take a left turn and figure out some new training strategies there. Yeah, very true. Yeah, no, I, I I love that story that you and I hadn't hadn't heard that one that you were that you just told about uh, about two thousand eight. Yeah, and you know the just the um, people get injured when they when we I should not exempt myself <laughs> from this uh, when we try to change too quickly and too drastically. Um, so that's a real a real word to the wise here. You know, if if you have had to adjust your your program for any reason um don't make drastic sudden um changes to to try to get back to where you you know either should i'm using air quotes here should be or want to be or you know feel compelled to be um you need to make those those transitions really really gradually and really sensibly and again uh the ideal way to do it is to to check in with your coach and you know work work as a team um we're not going it alone out here you've got us in your ears every week you've got your coach you've got your your running buddies um you know, there's a lot of collective wisdom around um training for marathons and and doing marathons so yeah, it's, don't, uh, don't go it alone right coach don't Daphne? go it alone there there is no such thing as the loneliness of the long distance runner and um so that uh, that 2008 race remains the only time I have run the New York City Marathon, but I am in for next year. And, uh, oh, that's great. I, I didn't know that. So for 2022? Yeah, 2022, I am so excited. And um, I can't tell you what's going to happen in my training cycle, but I can tell you that I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to do it. Absolutely. I'm so excited to hear this, Coach Daphne. I wasn't aware that you were planning to run next year. And you have been such a stalwart cheering um, at, uh, you're usually what, at mile 20, 21 in the Bronx? Just I can mm-hmm. I can think of many mm-hmm. years when you've been there. And that's a point in the TCS New York City Marathon where people uh, need some encouragement, shall we say. It's in the Bronx. Yes. And it's, you know, at that point where people have hit the wall or are about to hit the wall or are thinking about hitting the wall or hoping not to hit the wall. And there coach Daphne is, I can picture you now in your, in your green jacket and uh, you're usually wearing some really sporty headband and you're always, you always have a smile on your face. And uh, it's, 
have just been it there is my favorite countless day. runners on over the years. And this time it'll next year it'll be uh, our turn to cheer for you. So I'm I'm, I'm looking for, so forward excited. to that already. You know what's so funny? I have uh, alongside you, Coach Gordon. I have given I don't know how many talk, course strategy talks about like where are the hills and all of that in New York. Indeed. I know it better than any other marathon course, <laughs> and I've only run it once. You could run it in your sleep, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we don't happen. recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> don't try that at home. Oh, that's great. That's, that's, you, you have so much wisdom, Coach Daphne. It's really, really awesome to, uh, to use these, uh, that is, these, um, long run radio strategy sessions with you because you, that's, you have so much experience. I did not know you, that you were on a quest to, to do all six of the Abbott World Marathon majors. So um, I wish you well in Tokyo, if you're listening, well. throw me a bone, man. <laughs> so what are you thinking? Keep, Tokyo 22 as well? Or what, what's I your plan love, there? Actually, no. Um, I hope that I get to run Boston in April of 2022 um, because my 2019 Chicago time is still good for that race. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but Tokyo 2023. Excellent. That's, um, That's so exciting. Well, like it was, it was really awesome watching the, uh, the Tokyo Olympics. They, they pulled it off. It was, it was they extraordinary did, did. And, and very, very inspiring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's, um, a lot of yeah, a lot of wisdom to share around pivoting and deviating and making left turns and whatever we want to call it. So it's it's been uh, I've learned a lot. I always learn a lot from you, Coach Daphne. So thank and you. And vice versa, Coach Gordon. And I can't believe it, but we are actually nearing the sixty-minute mark of this run. It's, we are. Where does the time go? flies when you're talking about running with a good friend, right? It sure does. If you have... I think we're ready to wrap it up. I think we are. If you've just finished up, congratulations! Way to go! And if you still have a few more miles to go, know that we are thinking of you and we wish you all the best. You got this. I'm Coach Daphne. And I'm Coach Gordon. And we'll be back next week on New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. Bye. Bye bye.